Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to have you. Got some people uh, new here, maybe for the first time, some who hadn't been here in a while. Uh, man, I tell you what, it's always good to see happy faces. And as always, let me ask you a question. Are you expecting? Yeah. Amen. You know, we come in, I say this every week, if we come in with an expectant heart, God is going to be ready to meet us right where we're at. You know, uh, November, I think we, we, we first day of November, November is going to be our our, our heavy hitter month, uh, I guess. We didn't do it intentionally, but we've got Barry Ward t here tonight, and next week will be Wade White, uh, and two weeks will be the Deans. And so, uh, you know, uh, this just some of the, the ones that travel all over the country. I mean, what a blessing it is to have some of these guys in and, and all that Barry brings to the table. And so, but we want to open with a word of prayer. Kevin, if you'd lead us in prayer. Lord, thank you for this Cowboy Church. Thank you for Kelly and his family for all they do for us. We're sure proud to have Barry here to minister to us in music. Uh, be with all of us uh, this week, and uh, we uh, sure appreciate the forecast on the rain. If you could you could go ahead and do that, we'd sure appreciate that. Be with our country. Our country sure needs you. And uh, we know you're there, and you're the only one that can fix it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you know, as I was saying, I want to give uh, Barry an opportunity to bring a song here, this, this uh, first song out of the box. And, you know, uh, he's traveled. We don't talk about all of his accomplishments, but he travels all over, gets in some very unique settings and situations. But he's been, he's been uh, awarded the best of the best in a lot of different areas. So, songwriter, song uh, entertainer, uh, all kinds of different uh, accomplishments. But what I love is, is he's still a real guy. He doesn't uh, walk around and expect something important. You notice we didn't, we, we scooped most of the manure out of here. But I said, hey, we got cowboys in the house tonight. We don't have to do, dirt's fine. We didn't do the tarps. We do the tarps for Miss Martha and my mom. And uh, everybody else has pretty much got down to where we're doing it in the dirt. But, uh, but anyway, we love it. I know he's comfortable with that. Let's give Barry a hand. Being a former farmer and cattleman up in southwest Kansas, I love the dirt. But I, you two were up and around the last when I was up here last time. I kind of like that. That's cool. Yeah. There's a bright country sunrise lighting up the cornfields, black dirt shine. Wait a minute, I, I knew I was going to do that. There's a bright country sunrise, lighting up the cornfields, red dirt shining. Harvest time is near, I heard him say, are you ready to know the way? Oh, do you know him? Do you trust him as you're running down life's crazy highway? tractor he'd plow all day me standing on the back of her had an apple cider jug covered in burlap and he kept it wet all day he said son the water is just better that way and do you know him do you trust him as you're running down life's crazy highway there's one way to the father are you sure Fear not, for I've redeemed you. Oh, you are mine, I've called you by name. When the world comes against you, oh, it cannot win. Cause my Savior took away all my sin. Sing it with me, would you? Do you know him? Do you trust him? As you're running down life's crazy highway. There's one. Now Jesus is the only way to eternal life, and then someday He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant, you found the way, so come on in. And do you know Him, do you trust Him, 
As you're running down life's crazy highway There's one way to the Father Are you sure you know the way? Oh, Jesus is the only way like that. That's good stuff. Well, I tell you what, I just got a couple of announcements. Uh, one being, we always like to thank uh, Dakota and Carissa Davis, who let us use this awesome facility. You know, Enid Livestock Market, uh, they bought this building. This building has been the host of uh, our church here for almost 20 years, going on 20 years. But it's had a couple of different owners. And uh, they've all been supportive of the ministry here. But definitely Dakota and Carissa uh, have a heart for that. He's been able to share and minister here. He's praying for us as we pray for him. And so we always stand with him that his ministry or, or his business be blessed as they uh, partake in, in partnership with the ministry. So let's give them a round of applause. Thank them. They watch nearly every week. And so we're always thankful for that. Also, uh, want to remind you that there are offering buckets around here in the different places. If you'd like to give, you're given. It's tax deductible. If you can take advantage of that, it's also uh, there is cash envelopes for that. If you want to give cash and you want credit, I don't say that often, uh, but if you like to do that, where you can they can keep record of it, that's a great uh, thing that we still have at our access. Uh, so as long as we got it, uh, take advantage of it, and so. Uh, do that as you minister, as you give, you're demonstrating your trust in God. And that's the way we believe God with you, that God's going to meet your need, provide for you as you give, as you sow, and, and help us uh, do what we do. Now, one of the other announcements before I pray over the offering, I think she's going to post some pictures. You might have saw them earlier. How many of you got to come out to our following last Saturday? Several of you got to be here. I'm going to tell you what this deal. This deal turned out. This is right out here in front. If you can, you know, tell. I'm right here, knelt down, helping this little tiger. I think it was a lion. He was in a lion outfit. We had the kids come through, did trunk or treat. There was like 14 different cars. We had people doing games. I let them rope the dummy and get some candy. Most of the time, I held my hand over theirs, and I roped the dummy, helped them rope the dummy. But I'm going to tell you what now, there's some of the cars, man, what a, what a blessing. People, you, you donated candy, some of you brought uh, games and set up, some of you brought uh, different things. There's Jason, uh, Whitney's husband, and, and on their trailer, the bowling, uh, the bowling game was a big, a big, uh, big deal, and, and man, we just had people donate. We had so much candy when this deal started. We figured we'd have, we had Coffee Inclination showed up, and and uh, but we had um, an expectation of maybe, you know, we thought, well, we had 60 kids or so. I mean, I invited our church at Carrier. We'll have 25 little, you know, the smaller kids and, and come to our, my church at Carrier on Sundays. And, and, and we knew they were, were going to be here and we figured we had some here. And, and I, I just thought, you know, maybe we'll have 50, 60 kids and we'll be happy. I think we had, we gave out 160 of the beef sticks Somebody gave out 220 coloring books, and so we think we probably had at least 500 people, maybe as much as 600, and I don't even think that's evangelistically counting, okay? <laughs> I got a couple of pastors here in the house, so I think they understand what I'm talking about when we count evangelistically speaking, but uh, I don't think it was an exaggeration at all. Had we known we were going to have that many people, I'm not sure we would have been as comfortable at 3 o'clock. We might have been a little bit nervous. But it, it turned out phenomenal. Whitney did an outstanding job coordinating all that. It took a team of people. Uh, everybody chipped in, so let's give everybody a hand. Uh, you know, there was, there was uh, people that, that just that outdid themselves. We ran out of chili. And we've already talked about, I think, next year we may just do hot dogs, have a cooker out there, and just then give away hot dogs. We might have a petting zoo or something like that just to add to it. But really, we wouldn't have to do a whole lot. But people were just driving by. We got on Facebook. They were driving by, coming from Cimarron or, or, or uh, Drummond, headed into town, and they stopped in, and they just kept coming and just kept coming and kept coming. And uh, what, a, what a blessing it was. And so uh, what an opportunity 
to minister and bless. So I thank all of you for all of that. So let's pray over the offering and we'll get back into some music and give God praise. Father, we just come before you tonight and, and Lord, we just thank you for, for all that you've done for us. That Lord, in the midst of the craziness of this world, that we can come into your presence. And Father, as we, as we enter into the presence of God tonight through worship, through the word, we also worship you in our giving. And so Father, for those who, who give, whether it's a little or a lot, whether it's by check or by cash, whether it's by, by a word spoken and comfort to someone else or by their dedication in prayer, however they give, however they sow seed. Father, I thank you and I praise that you'll abundantly return to them uh, a blessing and a multiplication of that so that their needs are met. Father, we trust your word. We know that it is you, you are faithful to it. Father, you've said that if we entrust our finances to you, that if we give in the, into the kingdom of God, that you meet our need, that you provide. Lord, in these difficult times, these times where expenses and costs are going up, that, Lord, we're going to put our faith and our trust in you, knowing that you are our supplier. And that, Lord God, we tap into a heavenly economy when we give. So, Father, I stand in faith with every person giving. Not giving to get, but giving knowing that you're going to meet our need, provide. We thank you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, listen, I tell you what, we want to get a little more of Barry Ward up here, so let's give him a hand and let him come ministering some more music. I, I, I know I probably sing this every time I'm here. Until God tells me not to sing it, then I'll, I won't sing it. But every time we come, we cross the Cimarron River. And uh, it takes me, yeah, it takes me to... Two years ago when I sang it at my mom's funeral, who kept telling me, I want you to sing the last song of my funeral, Riding Along Cimarron, which I thought I had written for some other reason. I was helping the Adams Ranch in the Panhandle a couple years, and I thought that was all it was all about, but it wasn't. It was about my mom going to see my dad in glory. And they're up there riding in a place like we can't imagine. So it's a special song for me. The Cimarron's pretty dry right now, isn't it? Riding along the Cimarron, the world seems far away. Nature's critters talking, I hear every word they say. Past that old fallen cottonwood and the smell.
as I ride in His amazing grace, cause I'm riding along with sin, the world seems far away. Praise God. Are you glad to be alive in Jesus tonight? Um, yes, amen. I want to, I'm being led to sing this song. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of veterans here tonight, and Veterans Day is coming up in just a few days. I don't ever want to take it for granted what our men and women of the military do for us on a daily basis and have done. And uh, so this is for all of you who might be veterans. Thank you for serving our country. friend of mine who was a medevac helicopter pilot in Vietnam and told me stories that are really hard to believe, but they sacrificed a lot. So. Well, he got his draft number. It was mighty low. He was proud and willing to go. They turned him into one heck of a man, sent him off to fight in Vietnam. Oh, the chopper was flying treetop low on a mission he volunteered to go. The fog so thick you couldn't see your hand, he said, I don't want to die in this foreign land. Oh, and they said the angels were with him when they flew into that ball, bringing out those wounded soldiers under fire from the Viet Cong. And they prayed they'd make it out.
thinking about the freedoms we have, the most important freedom we have is freedom in Christ who went to Calvary for a wretched sinner like me. This is a, actually I started this song after the fourth uh, when we honor our freedoms. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Jesus who walked down that freedom trail for us to Calvary. Staring at the moon shining on the sun, great Cristo. A mountain range they call the blood of Christ. Oh, riding through the timber, there's one thing I know. If it was up to me, I probably wouldn't go. Oh, he walked in Gethsemane on a moonlit night. In anguish, he knelt and prayed with all his might. He said, Father, if you're willing, you can take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours it must be. The blood was running off his back, splattering there in his tracks, carrying a cross for you and me down the freedom trail to Calvary. Then an angel from heaven came and it strengthened him. He prayed so hard that blood came from his skin. He found the disciples. He said, why are you still sleeping? My hour has come. Rise up. We must go. And the blood was running off his back, splattering there in his tracks, carrying a cross for you and me down the freedom trail to Calvary. I've often wondered, what if I'd been there? Would I be sleeping next to them without a care? Sometimes when I'm riding on a trail high on a ridge, I'm reminded my sins are gone. He built a bridge. And the blood was running off his back, splattering in his tracks, carrying a cross for you and me down the freedom trail to Calvary. Sometimes when I'm riding on a trail high on a ridge, I'm reminded my sins are gone. He built a bridge. Thanks to Calvary, I am free. Thank you, Barry. I tell you what, you know, it's a blessing to have have him in here and, and you know, just his heart to to just continue to uh, to do all that he does. I tell you what, um, I've never been I've never been concerned about, you know, he'll he'll sing some stuff that's pretty unusual and different. But it's it's so it, the uniqueness. I, I just love it anyway. So and I know most of all everybody does. And so we're blessed to have him. Well, listen, tonight I want to share a word with you, but uh, 
before I do, I, I got a couple of funny little sentences. I found this, this note in my Bible here that I had saved back. It was, uh, you know, money can't buy everything, uh, or money can't buy happiness, but it can sure make misery a little easier to deal with. It's very true. I, I discovered uh, that I scream the same way whether I'm being eaten and devoured by a white, great white shark or a piece of seaweed touches my foot. <laughs> some, cause, some cause happiness whenever they, wherever they go and others whenever they go. <laughs> We've heard that. And of course, that wouldn't be anybody that's here. You're never too old to learn something stupid. Boy, we can probably uh, say, yeah, we've uh, done that. And uh, I'll just say this, uh, change is inevitable, except at a vending machine. (laughs) That's about right. And some of you have been there before. Well, listen, tonight I want to share a a word with you. I began this morning in my High Call Ministries Facebook uh, Bible study and I struck into the or got into this this uh, of chapter two of the book of Acts. And if you'll turn there, you can you can be finding that if you would like to turn there in your Bible. But I called this Jesus our hope. You know, we're coming into a, a, a time and a season. Next Tuesday is a very crucial election in my mind. Maybe maybe as crucial as we've ever had up to this point. I think it's one that we, we really need to be active in. I think, I think a lot, I hear, sadly, I hear Christians say, well, it doesn't matter, or, or you know, they'll just feel like, especially in Oklahoma, well, it, it always votes Republican or it always goes this way. My vote really doesn't matter. And, I, I, and I, I, there's a couple of races this year that I think could matter more than any, any other, and I, and I think we need to be very active. I, I pray that you spend time seeking God throughout this Throughout this week, that you pray over that election, pray that God's hand be in it, and and that and that God's uh, plan and purpose uh, continue forward in in taking care of this nation. You know, I believe that we are are part of a people. We've been placed in a democracy. You know, people say, "Well, God's God's got it all under control," and He does. But I'm going to tell you what He also gave us a responsibility of being in a democracy. And we got to be active. We can't sit back. We can't just say, well, you know, I know a lot of people get sick and tired of hearing about politics. And, and, and trust me, with all the negative ads that I get in the mail trying to, uh, holy cow, I'd like to have all the money that was just spent on the flyers that I got that were all negative. It was incredible. But here's the thing. we got to sort through all of that and look at the overall agenda of what's being done and say, God, help me to do, do what's right and, and, and do my part. And so, like I say, there's a couple of those races. There's, if you need information about that, you know, I, I'm, I'm amazed that there's people who have never voted, and even though they're older. And I'm, I remember being having turning uh, 18 the, the year that, uh, I believe it was 1984, uh, or been 80, maybe it's 80, yeah, it had been 84, and uh, being able to vote for the very first time and uh, I remember I went in early so that I could get registered early so that I could I could be able to vote because my 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 birthday is remember this now my birthday is on November fourth and so every so often the big election is on November fourth and so you can always remember my birthday see it's, uh, but anyway just ha- harassing you there but you know uh, that year in order for me to be able I had to go in early and go through a little bit of a process but I remember uh, getting to getting to vote in that in that election and and I've always paid attention to those things but but I just pray that you you do that but in the book of acts you know here's the thing regardless of what we see in politics and the direction that it goes here's the one thing that I know God is my source and God is our hope and regardless of how things go Jesus is still will still be on the throne. Now, don't just step back and say, "Well, you know, just we'll just let off. do your part." But regardless, don't be in fear. Don't don't uh, let let it consume you. Don't don't get into divisive conversations and and be hateful and all that kind of stuff. We don't have to do any of that stuff. But we certainly need to be willing to put our hope and trust in God. And here's the thing. Every time you hear somebody talking negative about something, you have an all, also an opportunity to turn that conversation back to Jesus. Because in the midst of it all, that's what we can have hope in. And that's what we can know more than anything else. In, uh, over here in the book of... Uh, hang on a second here. 
in the in the book of I have a hard time getting my of Acts chapter two. Um, my little electronic device. That's why one of the reasons I don't use these are uh, didn't ever use these for a long time. But um, in in uh, verse, let's look at verse uh, twenty-five, and you got to remember or, or realize the setting that we're in. This is right after the day of, or on the day of Pentecost, right after the day of Pentecost, that Jesus has been uh, gone to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit. They've they've been empowered. Now we got Peter, who is a transformed man. Peter was was the most inconsistent, I suppose, uh, inconsistent of all, and yet God used him mightily. That gives a lot of us hope that that we can be used. But here was Peter, a man who had. Uh, vehemently, you know, tried to protect Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then denied him in front of a teenager and a lady and a, you know people, and, and and right after Jesus went to the cross, and yet now he's standing before them all, proclaiming the gospel, and this is what he begins to preach, and he recites to them or reminds them what David had said about the Messiah. In verse twenty-five, it says, "And David said concerning him." I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for He is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. And therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life, and you will make me full of joy in your presence." And, you know, that's a, a double, there's something double going on there. A lot of times in the, in the Old Testament, they would be prophesying of Jesus and also declaring something for right then. And David, while he was declaring, and we'll read Psalm 16, that's a quote from Psalm 16, we'll read that in a minute. But while, while Paul, or, uh, David is declaring what he's learned about God, he's also prophesying of Jesus and, and the Messiah, as the Messiah. Now, why do I bring you here tonight? Because I want you to see that in the midst of their world in 2,000 years, roughly 2,000 or a little over years ago, they're experiencing a life that their, their life was on the line. Them declaring Jesus put them in great danger of imprisonment, of, of being killed. Them bringing to light, hey, I'm one of His. And you know, the world we live in today, we're pretty protected in a lot of ways. But we've seen more and more on and on the, the, uh, the, the resistance to godliness and to the Bible and to, and to Christians. There's more and more attack on people and there's more and more people who are just either indifferent or directly opposed to God. And, but that doesn't make him any less the hope for this world. You know, there's a lot of things that we'll try to do and we'll try to achieve and we'll try to, uh, to, to help people with. But when we connect with God, our world changes. I love looking at Peter's life. Peter was, was a rough guy. Peter was a fisherman. He was a, a blue-collar working type dude. But I don't think he was just a, a hard-working guy. I think he was probably a little rough around the edges, kind of like, like some of you. You know, kind of rough around that. It's kind of like me at different times in my life. A little bit coarse. But here's the thing. When God got a hold of him, everything changed. And that's what God did for me. God changed me. He transformed me. And I've watched it. And this is the most exciting thing that I see. is not just salvations, people raising their hand and praying a prayer and saying, Jesus is Lord. But people truly being transformed by the Word of God. I got so many people, young and old, that, that, that I, I get an opportunity to teach and lead in, in not only to Christ, but how do I walk in this? How do I understand it? How do I take it to work with me? You know, I talk about my testimony of, of being, first of all, just a, a person who just didn't want to go to hell. You know, give me some of that Jesus so I don't have to worry about death. I, don't, I was so afraid. I was afraid of everything, but I was really afraid of dying because I didn't want to go to hell. And, and especially in some of the church services that my mama would drag me to and, and they'd be preaching, you know, you're going to, you know, boy, I mean, boy, that's some scary sermons. And I thought, I don't want to go there. I, I, okay, okay, Jesus, I'll I, 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 I give you my life. But I was only a casual Christian. And then I began to think uh, uh, there's a little bit more and I, and I began to want more and I began to grow in God and I began to be good on Sunday morning and I'd show up at church. And I'd say, okay, God, I'm, I'm yours, and forgive me for last night. 
and, and, and the night before, and, and Lord, let's get it right, and this week's going to be a different week. And I began to walk that walk, and, and, and I began to give my life to God. And listen, you might get to heaven in, in that state, but you're going to miss out on all the blessing of God. And, and, we, and this is part of what you know, Peter's trying to bring them. Look, you missed it. Jesus was here. The Messiah was here. He says a lot of things and some pretty hard words to, to those who had just crucified Jesus. But I'm going to tell you what, he, he was sharing the hope that is in that. It wasn't just to condemn them of their sin. He wanted to bring them to the reality that this is the one who changes everything. You know, I see people all the time struggle through life and and struggle with their walk with God, or struggle for one reason or another. And one of the saddest things I see is that people make their judgment of God and their relationship with God based on what people have done. Man, I don't know about you, but I hadn't always been perfect. I've been close. Close. <laughs> Mom, you be quiet. <clears throat> But, but we, we, we all could find fault. And you know what? Here's the thing. We sometimes, people sometimes will make judgments based on what they've seen in others. In ch- I won't go to church because I'm, I'm better than most of those people or, or whatever that excuse is. That's a bunch of hypocrites. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. There's hypocrites in every church. But there's also hypocrites at every sale barn auction. There's hypocrites at every co-op. There's hypocrites all over the place. Because that's just somebody who doesn't live exactly by the standard that they say. We, we've probably all been one at one point or another. You know, here's the thing. He's, he's dealing with them and he, he comes at them and he says, you crucified this Lord. You, you put Him to death. And He only came to, to, to demonstrate God's love for you. He came to heal, to restore, to, to, to bring freedom. He brought all these things in and you condemned Him to death. And now, but I want you to know, He still did it in a way that gives you an opportunity to have life. You know, I, 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 we should be understanding of that all the time. I want us to, I want us to look um, in verse 37. I'm going to skip a few verses. But in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2 here, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to, cut to the heart. And Peter and, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? He says, man, what do we, what do, we do? This, this cuts to heart. And you know, whenever I, I talked about my life of, of just being a, a Sunday morning Christian, and, but then I finally began to be an every morning Christian. I began to be one who every morning I'd do my devotion, I'd, I'd read my Bible. But what I did is I grew into a place where that just became a, a habit more than a lifestyle or something that was imparted, imparting to me. And finally, I got to be where I took Him with me all day long. That's why I try to preach the Word in a practical way. That's why I tell stories about what I do. You know, I, Sunday morning I'm preaching and I was talking about the deer I was trailing and the blood trail and, and, and asking God to help me find my deer. I know, and some of you were going, "Oh, that's so gross." I, I didn't, I, I didn't go, I didn't go into too great of details about where he stopped and left. The, you know, I mean, I, I didn't go into great details about that. But you know, there's been other times where I've been working on my tractor, and I can't figure it out, and I begin to pray, and I say, "Okay, God, you know exactly what's wrong with this tractor. Mechanics don't, others don't, but God, show me what's wrong with this tractor." And he, he led me over to a little O-ring in the, in the hand pump on the fuel fill, and it was cutting off the, it broke loose on this old uh, 1070 case I had, and, and it was parked in the middle of my arena. I mean, if, if it wasn't bad enough, it was broke down. It was broke down where I couldn't rope. And so I'm praying, I'm saying, God, I, I want to get this thing out of the way. See, that's the way we should begin to ask God to be involved in our life. You know, there's times when, when over in the book of James where he talked about our, our life of prayer in chapter 5 where, where he says if, you're, if, you're, if you need prayer you know, and, and this is happening and that's happening and add prayer in and at one point he says, but what about just singing a psalm if you're happy? I said, you know, we ought to go through our life where, where, where we recognize God doing all those little things and, and remaining thankful. 
He goes on here in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2. He says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of, the Father, uh, the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's three things he, he talked about. He says repentance, first of all, coming with that heart. And I know that's simple, but, but when, when I came to Jesus, first of all, for just fire insurance, don't, don't send me, I don't want to go to hell. But then I began to come to Jesus and I said, God, I want you to be in my life. And then I began to be convicted of my sin. And you know what, God, I ran to God instead of from God. And when I did, he met me right there. And he said, awesome, love you. You know, I mean, that, that was the, the reception. And I, as I was repentant and I was baptized, I received the, the gift of the Holy Spirit through the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Spirit that God talks about all through the book of Acts. The empowerment, the help, the ability for us to accomplish great things, great exploits for God. I mean, man, he, then we, we, we have the help we need to walk this out on an everyday basis. You know, Jesus is our hope because, listen, I can't get, I can't, I, I work hard. I, 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 I mean, anything I do, I want to do it with excellence. I want to do it well. And so I try to work hard at things. But there's some things I can't I work hard enough for, but I can ask God to help me in it. And I remember trying to be a better Christian and, and you know, talk better, you know, not say things that I shouldn't say. Even if a cow kicked me or a wrench slipped, you know, I tried to be better about my thought life, you know, not going there, not going into, you know, bitterness or anger or envy or strife, not going into lust thoughts, not, not going to those places. And I tried and I tried as I tried, it seemed like the more I tried, the, the, the more I did them. And I said, you know, I finally just got to the understanding that I quit trying to just uh, not sin and, and I quit trying to not do the don'ts. And I started just doing the do's and let the don'ts take care of themselves. And when I began to just do the do's, see, I don't, I don't look at this as a do and don't Bible. I look at this as a life manual. You know, if, you, if you've got a piece of equipment or you've got a, if you've got a computer or you've got whatever it is, it's got an owner's manual. It's got something that I hate reading, but every once in a while you need to. And when you read it, what do you do? You learn all the little details of all the things that you have available to you. And that's one of the things that we can do. Well, first of all, if we're going to walk this out, and we're going to walk in the hope that, that He's provided, the first thing we got to do is receive that gift of salvation, like He just said in these verses. Receive the gift of salvation. He says, repent, be baptized, and, and receive that. But let's look at Psalms chapter 16. And I want to share this verse, this this passage with you because it talks about a lot more than just the prophecy of Jesus. This is this is one of those chapters that you can take this and just begin to personalize it and use it in your in your prayer life, in your in in what you're believing for. Now we ought to be able to take the scripture and and memorize it, sure. But more importantly, we go through it. Look at this and and just begin to know it because you know God, the God of that scripture. Verse 1, he says, Oh, my soul, you have said... No, wait a minute. Verse 1. That was verse 2. Verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. You know, really, that's the, the second thing I, I wanted to address there is we've got to determine that we're going to trust God. Not, and, and, and not just trust God in some areas, the areas we can't handle, or the areas that are too big for us, but all areas. I want to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you for my salvation. I'm going to trust you for in my, in my, in my uh, how do I raise my kids? Or, or, or I'm going to trust you in relationships. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you in business. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you into all uh, areas of my life. And he says in verse 2, he says, Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. That's a strange verse, kind of interesting how that, how that works, but there's two different Hebrew words is what I understand. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I can read you know, the helps and the, and, the, and the commentaries and things. But understanding the difference, that first word is Yahweh, just meaning God, Lord, as in God. But you are my Lord, that word's a little bit different, and it, and it means master. And, and so he's saying, Lord, you are my master. Now, when you begin to think about this, it, it, it kind of paints the picture 
of, of how Jesus taught us to pray. And what did Jesus say? Hallowed, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we're exalting God. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Probably if you went to church or you grew up in church, you probably learned that scripture. We say it every first Sunday after communion. We say it, you know, just as I grew grew up, you know, in the church that we grew up in, we we recited that prayer. You know, that prayer is not so much of of how to pray by the specific words as it is the model of what the example is. Put God first and ask his will and set that in line It's those first two parts to that. And I'm not going to go through all of it, but. But this is part of what he's doing. He's saying, Lord, I'm trusting you. First of all, I trust you. And then I say, then he says, Lord, I want you to be my master. And see, Jesus is our hope. But if Jesus is not our master, and we're letting something else run our life, then we're missing part of the benefit. We're missing a big part of what God wants us to do. He says, my goodness is nothing apart from you. You know, that's humility speaking. You know, it's valuable for us to get to a place that we say, God, I'm nothing without you. It's also, you know me, it's also very important that we get to a place where we say, but God, I'm not without you. And in you, I can do all things. Nothing without you, but God, I'm not going without you. We need to be like the children of Israel. That when, they, when they went into the wilderness, God led them by a fire at night and a cloud by day. And they said, if you move, we move. If you don't move, we don't move. When we determine that, we say, God, I, I want, that's the way I want to I get. That's the place I want to get to. When I left the, to go into full-time ministry, that's what Sue and I made our dedication to. We, we determined, God, we're going to go where you say go, regardless of... But to the best that we can, we're going to go where you say. We're not going to leave early from a place. We're not going to stay too long. We're not going to let a house. We're not going to let a job. We're not going to let a career. Nothing is going to be more important than being where you would have us to be. And you know, that's served us well. I'm not going to say that I haven't ever got out ahead of God a little bit. I'm not going to say I haven't lagged behind a little bit. But not very long because we try to maintain that. And if you'll begin to say, God, I'm, I'm humble enough to realize I need your help. You know, sometimes you hear about the, you know, you hear about the, the foxhole prayer, you know. It's like, boy, this is getting intense. We might ought to pray. And somebody says, well, you mean it's come to that? You know, sometimes our attitude, our mindset, or, or maybe we only pray when it's a last resort. But if we learn to trust God, and you know, here's the thing. The first thing is just a willingness to do so. Willingness, I mean, it, it, trust may not be easy for you. Trusting God even may not be easy for you. But you can ask God to help you. Say, God, I need your help. I need you to guide me. You know, I, I say this all the time, but, but sometimes i got to just be honest with God and say, God, I don't want to, but I want to want to. And if I want to want to, He'll begin to help me with get my want to right. Correct? Alright. So, He says, Lord, I want you to be my master. I want to, I want to under, I understand that my goodness is nothing apart from you. And, and then I want you to jump down here to verse 5. He says, Oh Lord, you are my portion and my cup, my inheritance. You are the, you, oh, let me read this again. And oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And yes, I have a good inheritance. You know, that to me just is, is, is David establishing that God, you're my, you're, you're my everyday strength, my, my, my stability. He was a king. I mean, he had lots of money. He had lots of stuff. But yet he said, God, it's all in you. I'm not going to take credit for it. It's all in you. You know, David failed a lot. He was pretty good at demonstrating the opportunity for God to forgive and restore. If you ever, if you ever wonder, have you done enough to outrun the grace of God? Just look at David's life, and you can see that no, no, David probably did worse than you. You can ask God, and 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 God continually restores us. He goes on there. He says, "I, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel." Verse seven. My heart also instructs me. In the night seasons, 
And listen, I'm, I'm going to run out of time here, but I want you to understand the, the verses here or the, or the opportunity for prayer here. He says, I bless the Lord who's given me counsel. You know, I, I, I love the idea, the understanding of when I put my trust in God and, and I begin to follow Him and all that I'm doing, He becomes my master. We also then open the door for His counsel, His guidance. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit's called. He's called a counselor. He'll instruct you, and you say, well, you know, what all does He instruct me in? He'll instruct you in everything. He'll instruct you or lead you and guide you in everything. He'll instruct you on your business, on your relationships, on your, on your word. He'll, he'll instruct you on your things you need to work on. You know, sometimes He's, he's the best one to ask, you know, do I need to, what do I need to do different? What do, what do, I, need to, what do, how, what do I need to work on? Because, man, I don't know about you, but I, I, I need to work on, i got to keep working on me. i got two or three women in my life that like to work on me all the time. But, I, I, you know, I, I knew, you know, with three daughters, a mom and, and a mother-in-law, I, I can't leave her out. And then my wife, you know, there's, and there's a lot of people that help me out, keep me straight. But at the same time, God is the ultimate one. And if I can hear Him, God, what do I need to do in this situation? How can I make this situation better? He'll guide us. But notice that last part of verse 7. He says, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. You know, I use that scripture to just set my expectation that, God, you're going to speak to me even as I sleep, that when I go to sleep with a question or something of a concern, that I can wake up and have an answer. And there's an old-timer kind of kind of idea that says, well, you know, if you're going to make a decision, make a decision, then sleep on it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good in that. There's also opening ourselves up to allowing God to help us. Well, listen, as I, as I wrap this up and, and, and get ready to close, I want you to just quickly look at Mark chapter 4. And we're just going to barely touch on this. But in Mark chapter 4, the third thing is this, is we got to stand in faith on His Word. You know, there's a lot of things going on in this world, but His Word brings stability. And I want you to see here in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, Jesus has just taught on multiple different illustrations of how faith works. And then he takes his disciples and he puts them in a boat. And he says, on the, same, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, he took him alone in the boat. He took him, him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were along with him, and a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filled. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, they've totally forgot the word that he'd spoken. Let us go to the other side. See, in the midst of a world that's flooded with, a lot of, that's why a lot of people shut the news and a lot of things off. They're just tired of it. Well, listen, we still got to be aware of things. But we got to remember Jesus in our boat. They were totally consumed with their circumstance. You know, Jesus' word was going to get them to the other side. It didn't matter how big the wind was and how powerful the waves were. There was enough there to carry them through. If we take God at His word and we trust Him. He just taught on how to believe God, how, how faith worked, how, how it's sown in the heart and produces, how it comes over time through, through the progression of, of the seed being sown, how it grows from a little tiny seed into a great plant. All these different ways that He illustrated it. Verse 39 says, Then he arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, the waves were not going to sink them. The wind wasn't powerful enough. The Word of God had them protected. But something that was going to sink them was their fear. They detached from God's Word because of fear. In the midst of the circumstances, a lot of times, you know, we, we celebrate, and I've always celebrated how Jesus spoke to the wind, and they were amazed that Jesus spoke, peace be still, and it calmed. But His Word was enough before the peace came. It was just a little more bumpy, <laughs> a little, little more of a challenge. But the end result was going to be the same. We're going to get to the other side. You got to put your trust in God.
You know, I just challenge you tonight as we as we wrap this up that you're somewhere in that group in that in that combination of all the things I've talked about and 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 you may be a person who's been saved a long time. You may be a person who and you've just kind of been on your own. You've kind of kept God at arm's length. But you need to remember he's there with you. You can be like Peter who fell away but but is restored by simply establishing Jesus once again by saying, Lord, forgive me. Restore me. You can also maybe be in that place where you've never made Jesus Lord. Never truly made Jesus Lord. You, you may have gone to church. You may believe in God, but you've never truly said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I want you to be my master. I want you to be my Lord. That's what Peter was talking to him about. He said, I want you, I, I want to, I want this, I want this, you've got to receive this gift of salvation. Let's let's go before him in prayer. Father, we just come before you, Lord, tonight. And Father, there's no doubt in my mind that we have people in all different levels of, of faith and belief here tonight. And Father, I know that you love every one of them. You love the ones who have rejected you over and over. And Lord, I thank you that you just keep knocking. I thank you, Lord God, that there's those who maybe as a child had given their life to Jesus Christ and, or to, to the Lord and believed but have, have run away. And maybe even to the point of denying God when pushed by friends or peers. But God, I thank you and I praise you that you give us a pathway to you. To come before you at the, at the cross and to say, Father, forgive me. I want you to be my master. I want you to be my Lord. God knows where each one of you are at. You could be certain and just need to reestablish Him as Lord. Or you could be uncertain and not know if this was your last ride today. You wouldn't be certain, ready. You don't want to be in that place. Tonight, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And all you got to do is say, I'm yours. Let's pray this prayer together to repent, to invite Jesus into our heart. If you want to pray this prayer, you can pray with the rest of us. God knows exactly who you are. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you died for me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. I trust you. I ask you to be my master, be my Lord. Father, take me. Lord Jesus, take me. Holy Spirit, fill me and establish me as your own. Help me to walk this life the rest of my days with you. I'm yours. Father God, I thank you and I praise you that you know each and every one of where they were. Some may have had a hard time expressing that, but their heart was crying out. Some may have felt uncomfortable because of who was around them. I understand. But Father, I praise you and I thank you that you won't let them sleep or let them go through without, without making that next step of acknowledging you sealing that with a declaration of God I am God's I thank you Father for it in Jesus name Amen and Amen you know here's the thing I don't necessarily have everybody raise your hand but I can is there anybody that wants to say you know what I prayed that prayer for the first time tonight you did awesome man Give me, give me five here. Come down here and give me five. Sorry, I don't want to climb over the fence. Sweet. You know, is there anybody else? You know, here's the thing. Young or old, I had an opportunity to baptize a man who was 90 years old. He was in an arena down, in, down south, and the water was cold. 
I've told the story before, but I was praying, God, just don't let him die from this shock. I mean, it's literally, he came out of the water. He said, yes. He knew and understood what had happened. You know, we don't have a water tank here tonight, but I'd love to baptize anybody who needs to be baptized as well. We'd like to follow up with that. That's awesome. We'll warm the water as much as we can. But I tell you what, if you, if you want more information, want to talk about it, we always try to keep Bibles, try to keep things out there for you. If you're online, contact us, get a hold of us. But if you're here and you prayed that prayer to make Jesus Lord, make sure you contact me. My business cards are out there. You, you got my phone number. I'm not that hard to find. I mean, obviously, but, uh, but come and, and, uh, and, and visit with us so that we can help you. Even if you're just you know, new in this and you want to grow more, we'll help you however we can. Let's give Barry an opportunity to come back, close with a song. The prayer team is going to slip out. There's going to be those that want to go up and pray. I've had that, those that want to do that. So if you would like to pray, uh, there will be some of those up at the top, a few people. So go ahead and do that as well. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. before me and the world behind me oh the cross before me and the world behind me the cross before me the world behind me no turning back And uh, one of the things we've changed, if you weren't from or didn't realize it, at 6.30, we start the music early. And uh, the guys are here playing. Next week will be Wade White. He's awesome. Also, make sure you make available uh, CDs and, and things out there. Uh, he's, this guy's got tons of music out there. It's awesome. As you can tell, if you enjoyed it, you can follow him also, Facebook and all that good stuff. He's all over the place. His lovely wife, Victoria, will be taking care of that stuff there. So uh, I think that's all I got. Uh, so... We'll close in prayer. Is Willie here? You got a microphone? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for the word that Pastor Kelly was able to share with us, and, and we thank you for giving it to him. Lord, we thank you for the song ministered to our hearts. And Lord, I just pray that everybody that heard the word today carries it outside these four walls and, and walks it out every day and, and is a a light to people's paths. Lord, we just give you the praise, honor, and glory for everything you do in our life, and we lift you high in Jesus' name. Amen.